This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. And with me today, wearing a Long Live the New Flesh t-shirt. Maybe because this film, Halloween Ends, is very Cronenberg-esque, according to Hans. That's the argument he was making in our group chat only moments ago. Is Hans. Hans, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, good. I was a huge fan because of how Cronenbergian this movie was. Well, I'm on the record of saying that Halloween Kills is like if Brian De Palma did a Halloween movie. And this movie uh, is is not quite like anything. I don't know. It's not even like a Halloween movie, really. But hey, we have a special guest tonight. We have a guy who has not appeared on the show solo before. That's, that's the big thing this season is taking the uh, Rock Hard Buds Pope of Greenwich Village show and plugging out the people who were on there who had never done a guest appearance before on their own, much like Wolfman. Uh, we have Jeremy K. Brown here, Jermoby, the host of Flea Pit, After Hours and After Dark. Uh, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing excellent. Thank you for having me on. It's great. Absolutely. I like the, uh, you got Beetlejuice lighting going on. I just have like a seafoam green. This isn't like any, this is like the Munsters maybe. And then Hans is our, our neutral boy of the mix. Yeah, you just see this censored penis right here that my blur makes it look like I'm, you know, something else other than the microphone. Did I just fuck up the audio by touching it? Yeah, you did, but that's all right. That's all right. People people find that charming. You know, it's nice. like when Kenny's making macaroni and he's standing next to the microwave and we're getting all the feedback and interference. Yeah. When he's uh, just chewing on that fried chicken skin on camera while he's trying to think of a way. Why does it have to be fried chicken skin? It can't be a pork chop. How's that better? <laughs> Couldn't it be chitlings? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, I, I, we've been told that that was the funniest episode of the, which I don't agree with, of, no. the, of the entire run of movies. Uh, but there was one negative comment. Somebody said, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be a sourpuss here, but the third guy's cam is a little distracting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. You're supposed to not watch Kenny just listen yes better heard not seen like yeah. children in the 1700s so uh Jeremy you're gonna have to uh be encouraged to stay in one place throughout the show I know that might be difficult for you but uh, I'll just dangle the camera everywhere yeah just, yeah just bring it with you it'll, it'll do it like a body cam like a cop yeah. just strap we don't have to see you just your apartment just no, show us nice. up your nose that's a, that's yeah. a preferred angle from, from Kenny all the time yeah yeah, so uh, we talked a little bit about horror movies because it is the spooky season with Kenny on that episode. And we got into Hellraiser, we got into Dahmer, and I spoiled Halloween Ends because I had read a detailed plot synopsis um, long before this movie ever came out. And um, we might have done that on an earlier show, too, where I was like, yeah, according to the spoilers here, there's not going to be any, like, Michael... There's going to be hardly any Michael Myers in the movie, which... This is this is a, a technique that has been employed before in slasher films where it's the bait and switch. You get another character taking the reins. Friday the 13th has done that twice. Um, I believe a new beginning. You have a, a I, I forget what the guy's name is, the paramedic whose son is murdered at the beginning of the film who adopts a Jason persona. His name's like Ted or something. Yeah. Um, and then in Friday the 13th, the final Friday... You get uh, Jason body swapping with people. And that's kind of a little bit of what happens, maybe, 
in this film, Halloween Ends. Uh, just uh, to, to get into the movie, we are going to be spoiling the hell out of this film. So that goes without saying. If you're a longtime listener of this show, you kind of expect that at this point. I mean, we spoiled it without having seen it on the last show. Uh, well, but, was the comment on Clerks 3? It's like, oh, three minutes before you start spoiling the movie. No, it was like 18 <laughs> seconds. It was literally oh, your first words. You said, I don't want to be Dante. Dante dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, As I was introducing you. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd like to start with you, Jeremy. What has been your take on the David Gordon Green trilogy of uh, Halloween films? But also, uh, what is your fondness for the Halloween movies in general. Um, where does this stand for you as far as like these slasher franchises go? I mean, it kind of starts uh, or stems from my, uh, I guess my foray into John Carpenter's stuff uh, back when I was nine or 10 years old. And then it started with The Thing uh, and then some of his later 80s material and then quickly landed to Halloween. And then I didn't realize it had expanded into this franchise that it's now, uh, continually getting made or uh hopefully we have not seen the end yet with this new one we don't know but uh why does call halloween ends it's over this is it this is the final one they would never do yeah. that uh, no right? of course not no yeah, uh, this is what like the fear, fear the 12th the reaper. one yeah fear the reaper at the end yeah. it's just like yeah it's yeah right <laughs> that's definitely over um you know i i i, I watched an interview with david gordon green uh, conducted by the Collider YouTube channel, which is somehow still around, which is shocking. Uh, and he said his first time watching the theatrical cut of Halloween Kills in full, all the way through, was two days before it came out in theaters. That was the first time he saw the entire thing put together. And it kind of shows, in, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, I... I, I, Halloween has never been my favorite franchise. I think there's maybe like two or three good ones in the entire run of, like the original run. Uh, I think if you look to the first one, that one's good. I I don't get the dick sucking over it, to be honest with you. I think it's just kind of like a standard horror film. I remember I went to a screening in 2011, and um, kids in the theater, like 17, 18-year-olds, were laughing at the acting. You know, and it kind of spoiled it for me a little bit. I saw it in a different way, in a way I'd never seen before. And uh, I, I later went back to it. And I was like, oh, no, this is good. But I, I still have kind of just lukewarm feelings about the original John Carpenter feature compared to, like, say, the Nightmare on Elm Street series or even some of the better Friday the 13th. And for the longest time, I considered Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, my favorite of the series. That was kind of the contrarian choice which is now completely mainstream everybody agrees halloween 3 season of the witch is like cool or whatever um which makes me want to say it's not my favorite anymore um but that that's fine uh jeremy what do, do you have a favorite of that original run we'll say the cutoff is resurrection uh of the halloween movies oh, sorry the sound cut out here um uh yeah of the uh Halloween films, I would say the the original is still probably my go-to, the first. Um, I, the thing with Season of the Witch is that it's it's just the the name. Like I I, if you watch that going off of like what it intended to do, which is be an anthology series, be something kind of different, I appreciate it for that. I don't I don't even include the Halloween title, even though it, it takes place on the holiday. Um, but that would be the close second. Yeah. Um, 
but the original i mean the I, you know, I went back to, on Letterboxd just to look at some of my old uh, thoughts on uh, at least four, five, and six. And four and five, I think watching that with uh, fresher eyes and commentary and a little bit more uh, subtext, uh, they actually kind of hold up in their own kind of fun, campy way, like that end of the 80s period or gearing into the 90s. And then they all just kind of start going downhill afterwards. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're kind of like the. the the schumacher films of the halloween series where yeah it's like you can you can take them or leave them you don't really need to see them necessarily to get the the best experience the most optimal experience uh sorry to cut you off hans what were you saying that those are the ones with the little girl right she's the michael myers yeah 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 when you you were mentioning that at the beginning that uh they did a thing that other franchises have done where they do like a it's it's Michael, but it's not Michael. It's like they have done that here already <laughs> with this franchise, with the little girl, and and with uh, Seasons of, of the Witch, which too. Um, right. I, I would say the first one. It's my go-to or my favorite. I I enjoy the first three. Everything else, I remember. Either last year or the year before that, or within the last five years, I watched all of them, and I think. Because I think we were going to do an episode on that or something. And I, I well, we, watching... we've done a couple of Halloween episodes before. We we covered uh, Halloween. I, maybe it was the original. And this is like the single digit early day episodes before Hans was ever co-host. Um, we we I think we might have covered the original seventy eight Halloween. Might have. Uh, we covered the twenty eighteen Halloween. Uh, I did with uh, Jacob A. Miller, the cinematologist, and then we did an episode immediately following on Halloween three season of the witch, and that was the first. Halloween special of movies we did. Uh, I don't think we ever planned to do a retrospective, though. Maybe we did. I don't know. Uh, I, I hope we don't, because <laughs> that was not my favorite experience. Uh, and I feel like that's happened a lot with all of these, I guess, monster, American monster movies from the 80s, uh, where there's maybe a couple of them that are legitimately good that hold up, and then the rest is just a painful experience to get through. You're right there. Yeah, now I'm in in a haunted house. I'm uh, recording this from the Amityville horror. Is is what's what's happening here? Let me see if I can get a better light. The The ghost of Corey. Uh, All right, so we, you know, the the first five or six Halloween movies are kind of their own thing, uh, where you have Halloween from John Carpenter. You've got Halloween two from uh, who's that? Like Rick Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Yeah, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace takes the reins with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, You have a kind of soft reboot continuation with Halloween 4, and then 5, and the thorn cult of Halloween 6, Mm. uh, which I think that might be my least favorite of the entire batch of of films. Uh, I found it the most excruciating to watch uh, upon its original release. Uh, And then you have, again kind of a a little bit of a harder reboot but it was never aware to me at the time that um you know this was supposed to be different from the four five six film series halloween h2o that doesn't that's not supposed to be a continuation of that uh and it concludes with halloween resurrection the buster rhymes uh masterpiece vehicle which i should say by the way at the start of that little section of the series i you know the first time i saw that title i was like halloween water what does that mean yeah (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, it, it adds up, but not how I, not what I would have called it. <laughs> Wait, um, so yeah. so it's 
one and two, and then the sequel to that is H2O, and then Resurrection. There's like four different timelines here. So there's one and two, and then four, five, six, and then there's one and two, and H2O and Resurrection. And then one and two, or just one, and then the David Gordon Green trilogy. Right. Um, Are you excited about David Gordon Green doing a trilogy of Exorcist movies? No. No, I'm not. And I look look, I've enjoyed for the most part David Gordon Green's uh Halloween trilogy, but I also never had that fondness for for the Halloween films. I have a very strong fondness for The Exorcist. I think that's probably the best horror movie. I think it's one of the best American movies ever made. And uh there's never been a need to continue that, although they keep trying. Uh, will it be the worst thing to come out from it? I doubt it. They did a Fox TV show for two yeah. seasons. They did uh, Exorcist the Beginning. You know, with Rennie Harlan as the director remaking Paul Schrader's film. So no, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world, but it's not necessary. And after seeing these three... Well, no, I guess... I guess it's a stupid question, just like if you have any expectations of it, of it being good. Because the thing is that with these Halloween movies, if you if you look at all of them, most of them are kind of goofy. Like none mm-hmm. of them. I mean, maybe the first one and the second one take themselves very seriously. Everything else is kind of difficult to take it seriously. When you have uh, Buster Rhymes calling Michael Myers motherfucker before he kicks him, like it's funny. You know, it's fun. Uh, and I actually do enjoy the, those movies uh, more than I thought I would when I when I rewatched them recently, just because of how goofy and how what two th- early 2000s they, they are but the exorcist is much more serious at least the first one uh movie so i can't can't imagine him doing something like what he did with this trilogy uh with the exorcist i'm, I'm only curious because i i, I want to know what he does with it especially if he has danny mcbride working with him on it um so I feel like that that probably changed the tone of, of what we ended up getting with this trilogy, after all. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like a. You think? Re- hold on. You think Danny McBride's the reason why these movies have the tone they do? I- I'm sure he's some of the or one of the reasons why, because of what his track record uh, shows. Even things that he's not in, you know, everything has like a little bit of maybe. Comment, not comedy, but it's not as serious, I guess, as it could be, and I, that's what I'm assuming. Mo- mostly because uh, I'm on, honestly not very familiar with David Gordon Green's career, even though we've talked about him a bunch. Well, I'm very familiar with David Gordon Green's career, and I would say that um, this is about on brand for him. Uh, I've seen, I, I might have seen all of his movies except for. I think he directed a movie called Crisis is Our Brand with Sandra Bullock and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. And I haven't seen that. Or Our Our Brand is Crisis, something like that. There were two movies that came out in the same year or period of time that looked exactly the same. And one starred Tina Fey and one starred Sandra Bullock. And I think they both had Billy Bob Thornton in them. Manglehorn or Goats? No, Manglehorn is an Al Pacino and Harmony Corinne movie that's kind of boring it looked like he did it in a week because he had access to pacino and they just did something um he did a movie called joe with nicholas cage and ty sheridan which was enjoyable and that came out the same year as prince avalanche with paul rudd and uh, emile hirsch and that was kind of a comeback for him after doing the sitter which was horrible your highness 
And your highness, yeah. That's right. That was another, that was a one-two hit blow that took him out of Hollywood for a little bit. And, uh, but his origins are great. Uh, George Washington, all the real girls, uh, even up to Pineapple Express is terrific. And I think everything he's done for television has been great. He's doing that Hellraiser TV show for HBO Max. I'm curious about that. And, you know, when I was watching this movie, the, the biggest thing that came to mind in terms of how they've handled uh, the Halloween franchise is, I don't even think they want to do, maybe they do want to do Halloween movies, but I think they would be best equipped doing like a Haddonfield TV show mm -hmm. because the strongest aspect of this movie, of Kills, and also of the original uh, 2018 uh, reboot is character development. They have a great understanding of what makes for uh, compelling characters or funny or interesting characters that maybe make up for lacking story elements or plot elements. I don't know if I agree with <laughs> Well, what, what is the problem with you for, for on that? I end? hated this movie. I fucking hated it. You hated the movie? movie? Oh, my God. Wow. I hated it I so saw Hans's glowing review on Letterboxd. <laughs> 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 yeah. It, uh... I don't know. It felt a very similar pain that I felt when I first watched uh, Halloween Kills, where I was like, wait, am I supposed to be taking this shit seriously? No, no, I'm not. Hold on. No, no of course not. This is this is kind of funny. This is goofy. This is very cheesy. Uh, wait, I'm supposed to be taking. No, hold on. So it was that the whole yeah. movie. I was just like, wait a second. They're actually going with like they actually mean the. I just met this guy three three days ago, but I'm I'm willing to live my entire life because of his penis that I haven't even touched. Hell yeah! Wait, That's hold on a second. Girl behavior. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and the, I don't know. There's so many things like that where I was just very confused as to what I'm supposed to be getting from this. Uh, and I, I think I felt the same way when I first watched Halloween Kill, Kills because it, it was so different tonally from the first one. Uh, I think yeah, no, I I think this movie was definitely meant to be more serious than Halloween Kills. Uh, I did not see Hans's letterbox review. Jeremy, what did he give it? I think one and a half, right? Oh my god, one and a half. All right. Well, what do you, what did you make of uh, this? Actually, let let's start at 2018, and then we'll work our way up. Um, what was your impression of that 2018 reboot when it came out? I so I remember actually a bunch of us uh, when that film came out at the time on social media. There was like a mixed sort of reception uh there's some people that were really saying like this is the best comeback possible for uh not just the character but just uh for for ice blumhouse even blumhouse didn't have as many successes at the time under its wheelhouse and now <laughs> when i looked at it i thought it was kind of average um it exceeded some expectations but others it kind of uh watered things down in ways i didn't quite want to see i thought it was shot very well um it definitely plays the most homage to JC's original than any other version has done in the series. Um, and uh, most of the acting was good, but then, you know, it always throw in these weird shots, these weird uh, David Gordon Greenisms, where it, they don't quite gel or mix in well with uh, some really, really well executed scenes that are also scattered throughout, um, you know, moments of just, you know, Michael Myers walking around neighborhoods, like that's the stuff we were there for. And, it would cut away and and just do hokey stuff like every once in a while just have fun and maybe that's the um maybe that's the the more comedian input that's you know you you see i guess interjected in all three of these movies but mm -hmm. i kind of gave it a, sort of an average sort of review i was like oh, it's 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 good but it could be better 
Yeah. Um, looking back, I like it a little bit more, but um, I don't know how I would rank all three of these. Um, but maybe I'll find out. Tonight. Well, what is your impression of Halloween Kills? That was probably the most polarizing one. Maybe it polarized more than this one, where I think. I mean, I, I I would say that this one is actually more split than Halloween Kills because the majority of people who watched Halloween Kills were not vibing with it at all. Because I, I think that was the bigger bait and switch than even just not really having Michael Myers in this movie is they gave you a pretty serious sequel that fits with the original 78 one. And then they gave you kind of like a slapstick comedy for the, for the, for the uh, follow-up. So, I mean, what, what was your impression of Halloween Kills when it came out last year? Well, when that one came out, I sort of knew a little bit what uh, I guess uh, Green would have been inclined to to maybe do, or at least and getting more familiar with his filmography. By that point, I was just along for the ride and was having a huge fun time with uh, Kills. Uh, I mean, I, you especially have made uh, Evil Dies Tonight the the most <laughs> quotable <laughs> thing possible. That I, you know, it's just just the whole. Uh, mob going crazy uh element is is uh i don't know like i wanted that just to be its own movie like in its whole the, the, the my one gripe with that film is that like Lori has nothing to do she's like hanging out in a hospital the entire time talking about evil narrating getting nothing done and then everybody else just dies <laughs> yeah yeah and Hans, I mean, what did, did this retroactively change your opinion, your softer opinion of Halloween Kills? I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm very conflicted. <laughs> I don't know because I wanted to give this a, a chance, like I did with the last one, because I, when I first watched it, uh, I was like, "What is this? Like, this is not what I was expecting at all. I don't like it. It's, it's very goofy. It's very cheesy." Uh, I hated the Jamie Lee Curtis character and her daughters too. So I kind of wanted them to die. And the fact that they didn't, I was like, God, fucking die both of you. Oh, the three of you, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know. I I just, like, there were so many things uh, about this movie that just didn't work for me. And I I thought the first 10 minutes I was hooked with that scene with the, the Corey character and the little boy. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is. I, I really like the way this is shot, and I really like the kind of serious tone that they're going with this. But then it just became like idle hands, but with his whole body, you know. Where? Oh no, is it idle hand? It's one. Yeah, one hand. No, no, is idle it, hand. I, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I yeah. think it's idle hands. I think it's idle hands. No, but it's. But it was hand, one hand. It, says, it yeah. was one hand. But I think okay. it's called idle hands because. Okay, where he, I guess, got touched by Michael, and then all of a sudden. He's a different person, and he he whispers a lot, and everything is kind of serious, but everything he's saying is very cheesy and weirdly autistically romantic. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not, it's not, you know, uh, it, it felt like a like a a teenager show where like an old person wrote, and they're, and they're like, this is how young people flirt with each other, and this is how old people flirt with each other, which was also awkward. The comb over cop and and the Laurie character, every Come interaction, I was like, can you fucking end it? I hate this. Uh, so I, I don't know if it changed my opinion on, on the last one, because I guess I would have to revisit it after this, which is probably something that I'm not going to do. Uh, but on its own, yeah, I I, uh, 
I didn't finish it last night. I finished it today because I, I couldn't, I, like, I, I got it to, like, an hour 10, and then I realized I still had 40 minutes to go, and I was like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to be in a bad mood all night. So I, fin- <laughs> so I finished it today, and still, I don't... It just didn't work for me. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't grab me at any point. Even when when the kills started, that a couple of them were kind of cool. I was also bothered by the fact that a couple of them were out of focus or not shown, like the one with the fire thing. Oh, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a terrific. Uh, kill. I would have. I would have liked that if they didn't show us the girl that was trapped behind, and you just see it out of focus. No, like, Hans, that's called fucking... discipline. You're discipl- right. You don't need the extra indulgence there. You can see it's horrifying enough. Some people would say out-of-focus shots are masterful. <laughs> I almost shot, how about this? And I would have actually regretted this greatly, uh, considering I got a bunch of scrapes, bumps, and bruises from, from our fight. I was going to shoot our entire fight sequence of Mass Day Lottery out-of-focus on purpose. Oh, great. That, that would have been, been too, too art-faggy, I think, and I really would have regretted that. I'm glad I didn't. Um, yeah. yeah, I watched this movie twice, and my first go around, uh, I was deeply confused about how I felt about this movie. The first when I so I when I watched Halloween Kills, I was kind of passively watching. I wasn't really paying attention, and I uh, was like playing with my phone and stuff, and I was picking up things here and there, but I wasn't really invested. I was like, "Huh, what was that? A th- are these just like two gay guys that that are like?" Uh, are they making fun of gay people in this this aspect of the movie? Like, what's going on here? They're watching a Cassavetes movie? Is that what's Stuart happening? from Matt TV? Yeah. He's gay now? <laughs> he's a or Anthony Michael Hall is, like, not acting well in this movie, and he's got a big old bowling ball gut, and he's a horrible, off-putting bald head, like he just shaved for the role. What? What is happening? And so I went back, and I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is really the movie. <laughs> and then I watched it a third time, and I just, I was infatuated with it. I was like, this movie is bonkers. I can't believe this is what they made. And so this time around, I was like, all right, I've read the spoilers. I know it's not going to have a whole lot to do with that movie. I have to accept that this probably isn't going to be a Halloween film. This is going to be a Corey film. And I always hate it when in movies they give you the false killer. They give you the Ted instead of Jason, or they give you the, the coroner who, or the diner lady at, at uh, Camp Crystal Lake instead of Jason. And uh, no, I really like Corey. I thought Corey was cool and a hunk. And uh, I was really <laughs> invested in the uh, scenes on the motorcycle with the cool music. It was like very, it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, it, it felt like they were going for a throwback to 80s films that were throwbacks to 50s films. It felt very Christine with like, uh, who, yeah. who's, what's the nerd? Arnie, I think his name was or yeah. something. Um, the, the actor's name is not coming up. Keith Gordon, I think his name is. Reminded me so much of that. Like they're homaging John Carpenter in a different way and kind of doing what he originally set out to do in that. It's an anthology film. It's still tied to Michael which is a half measure. Like, they should have just done away with Michael. I didn't yeah. want Michael. I didn't really care about the kills. I was like, just do Corey. Just have a full fucking Corey film. And the only thing that I disliked um, strongly were the last 20 minutes because they give up on Corey. Yeah. And they turn it into, they're like, well, you know, there's still a Halloween film. It's like Blumhouse said, no, 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 no. You, you, you can't do a season of The Witch to completion. We need that ending we need something fulfilling here 
Um, and I read that the original test screening ending to the movie, which people hated, is that... So there were a couple of different endings that were shot for this movie. One was Lori killing herself, and Corey gets away, and that's the movie. That was one. I don't think that was screened. I think that might have been better. Yeah. Um, the second was Corey dies in the way that we see. Um, Michael dies, but they take him to... Like, uh, in a, what is it, an infirmatory where you get cremated? And he's cremated. And then Lori tries to strangle her granddaughter to death because evil possesses, you know, it infects and possesses. And that would have been fucking stupid. But it, I don't know. I would have been interested to see that because it at least would have been on theme with everything that we had seen, right, with the Corey character. Um, but what we get feels so unearned. Like, this should have been the ending of Halloween Kills, if anything. If you, pl- if you cut that 20 minutes off... Throw that on Halloween Kills, and then you just have the Corey storyline. Then I think you're on a more linear track. I will say I thought that them putting Michael Myers into a meat grinder and his head like popping and exploding was like it was a cool visual, but it didn't feel like it belonged in this film. I, I'm I'm so sick of that Laurie character. Uh, I hated how. They had her writing for at least three scenes of this movie and then just explaining the emotions she was feeling, even though we're watching everything that's happening. Uh, I feel like they were trying to make her more of a character into Corey's story, but that all just felt very forced because it's just like, I see I see him, I see Michael in his eyes and uh, get away from him. And then she's sitting there very uh, menacing, while he wakes up and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you. And he's like, why are we afraid of this Activia eating old lady who seems to be the only person that Michael can't overpower, by the way, I was very confused by that at the end where it's just like, just why is it so difficult to kill this old lady? Like, and then his, uh, her granddaughter broke his arm at one point where it's just like, so Michael is just frail now. I, they couldn't decide if Michael was going to be this, sewer creature that lived in the tiniest sewer that I've ever seen in my life, or at least in, in movies, or if all of a sudden, uh, which, and this was me trying to fill in the, the, the holes too, because when he, Corey first goes into the sewer, he overpowers Michael very easily. Right. Hmm. And then when, when he kills, uh, I think is the, the, the cop, like the ex-boyfriend or whatever. And he like not exploit, right? He's just a serial harasser. Right. Okay. So that guy. And then Michael like comes for whatever reason. He just goes like, and it's like, all right. So so I was like, okay, I don't so think he, he made that noise. I don't I think like, he made so that he got, noise once in the movie. Well, he shook. He shook a lot. So I imagine he was ejaculating. But then, um, I was like, okay. So is it that he forgot that he kills, and now that he's killed again, he got his powers or his strength back? But then that's never mentioned again. And well, then... you got to think. He's been eating rats and drinking sewer water for right. four years, presumably. He's weak now. He's got septic shock or something. Yeah, there, there's so many elements that are like borderline supernatural that aren't explained, which is fine. Uh, but it's only fine up until that ending because I, I was kind of like, is Michael even in that sewer? Is, is this going to be like some sort of like weird mental trick, the ghost of... like? I don't know. There's so many different ways they could have went with it if they just didn't try and circle back to, oh, hey, this is a Halloween movie yeah. after all. 
um, then I think, you know, there, there's more room to explore. But um, I guess he didn't ever bother with that bum who was just sleeping 20 feet away from him, right? Right. Yeah. The one that got just killed. And that it, was the it, first killed, right? It, it, yeah. Well, intentional kill. You know, he's kind of like, you know, if you think about Jamie Lee Curtis, she's a liberal. You know, uh, Halloween Kills, a lot like January 6th. This movie, Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, things to think about there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Th- they also kind of, I, th- I thought this was going to be a direct continuation right from where uh, Kills left off. I thought it was a little bit of a cop-out to just jump four years later and not explain really what happened. I mean, they gave like a condensed uh, sort of backstory, but I mean, you end on a shot of Lori's daughter getting slaughtered, and then it's like, oh, I guess we're just jumping ahead. We're going to not even address that or even talk about what happened there, really. We're just going to be very loosey-goosey with the plot here and just jump to new characters and... Oh yeah, Michael. He just doesn't show up anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean? Didn't you see the painting that her daughter did for her that said "I'll protect you" and had her little hands on the wall that she kept looking at? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That's all the best. That's all imagery. That's all yeah, 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 yeah. That's four years, you know, also, just looking at the painting. Also, I mean, I will, I will tip my hat though to any film that wants to start off killing off a, a ten-year-old named Jeremy. I mean, that's that's <laughs> who who disrespected the thing like very hard. Like when I was ten years old, I was oh, yeah. I was not that bratty. So yeah, he 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 deserved that. He deserved that. Fuck. He did. What an annoying just, child. Good. Yeah. It fell right over the. What a gruesome death. That that was uh, that was very fun. That was a fun opening yeah. sequence, I think, uh, to the movie. I also liked how the dad showed up like an hour into the movie. He was like, I, mean, you know, he I don't miss my son. He I killed my kid, but he's a good guy. He's, he's mowing my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I don't know. I, th- I think there's a lot to like about uh, this movie that's in the middle. And um, a lot of scenes that I think work but I don't know if it all comes together. I don't think it really does. I think Halloween Kills comes together because they took a big swing and stuck to it and were consistent throughout that movie on what that was going to be. And my feeling is that they had an idea in mind, and David Gordon Green has said as much, it was originally not going to be set four years after. It was going to be set the next night, mm. November 1st. You can't call it Halloween, I guess. Right. Um, and... Uh, they, I think, maybe reeled back a bit because of the reaction to Halloween Kills. People didn't like the tone that was set with Halloween Kills and just how big of a deviation it was from everything that came before it. But they had these ideas already in mind. The script was probably already written. And they had four screenwriters on this movie. And um, that is never a good sign if you have more than two, really. Three screenwriters. I mean, they've all had three screenwriters, I think. But four is, that's a very rocky road to go down. That's when you, um, you can tell that they didn't know what they wanted to do, so they just brought extra people, and they just... Well, David Gordon Green in the interview uh, explained the writing process, which was they would get to a point in the script that was uh, going to be a crossroads. There was a fork in the road. All right, so for the ending, for example, uh, we're going Michael POV, or what we think is Michael's POV, in the house as Lori's you know, reporting her suicide. Everybody write a different version of how this pans out, and we're going to go with the best version. Choose your own adventure style. 
of screenwriting. We'll pick it out of a hat. Yeah. Yes, which is why this has the consistency it does. Um, I don't think that's the best approach when handling something like this, this kind of IP. Um, it can lead to some interesting moments and decisions, maybe, but I don't know if they really wound up at those. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of choices. Uh, when the violence starts, which is, what, like an hour and a half in? <laughs> an hour 20 in is when, when the kills start. And, uh, yeah, just things that don't really make much sense. Uh, that scene when Corey stabs himself in the neck because I guess he feels like, I don't know. He says, what does he say? If no one, if I can't have her, no, no one, one can. can. Yeah. So instead of killing the old lady that's stopping him from having her, he stabs himself in the neck. And then I was like, they're not going to do the Mexican telenovela thing where someone does a thing they're not supposed to do just so that they can get caught. And what does she do? Hold the knife out of his neck like this. Like if she just stabbed him in the neck, right at the precise moment where his granddaughter walks through the door and freaks out about it and I'm just like what th th this is why i had such a problem figuring out if it was supposed to be taken serious or if this was like oh oh okay it's goofy and silly because choices like that where i'm just like what it doesn't make any sense that number one why would you take the knife out of his throat if he's just stabbed himself and then right at the precise like she waited and then she pulled it out Instead of like throwing it away, no, she pulled it out and held it so that someone could see her. And she wanted to see. Him. She wanted to show her the knife. Say, "Hey, right. look at this knife! Hey, look Isn't at what he big? just did! Didn't he look at? He just stabbed himself in the neck." <laughs> hey, I just put I my fingerprints yeah. on this knife. Yeah. You want to call the police? Can we right. settle this? Right, and then she freaks out, of course, and and uh, you know starts telling her her truths or whatever, which is it's all about you and all about Michael, and and which is also very confusing because okay, so she has a problem with that. But we spend most of the movie with Laurie talking about Michael, mm -hmm. which is all right, enough. It's like, we get it, ba Batman, your parents died. Do we need to hear about it again? You know, it's like the same type of thing of like, we know that you've dealt with this because you've been telling us for three movies. And now in this movie, no, she's writing about it. So it's different, even though she's pretty much saying the same thing she said the entire time about how she feels or whatever. So I, I didn't like the fact that. I understand that she's the first final girl and, you know, the connection with Michael or whatever, but focusing on Corey and that relationship for most of the movie relationship, by the way, because it's very quick and very, you know, we're in love and, and we're going to go to the end of the world guy whose penis I've touched once uh, forced, by the way, because he didn't want it. Uh, and and then you move to, oh, no, now we care about Lori. And Lori is also going to find love with comb over cop at the end, uh, even though all she's got in her life is horror and pain. So it's just the two things that I, they just didn't, you know, mix for me. I just, uh, uh, again, I was very confused as to how I was supposed to feel with all this, you know. As Jamie Lee would put it, it's 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 about trauma, trauma. That's right. that's the 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 driving force of the film. Please write come over cop, by the way, Hans. Put that pen to paper. I want to see that one. I really want to see that now. Yeah, uh, none of the characters were consistent with their previous portrayals either. So Jamie Lee Curtis in the first movie is, you know, gun freak, libertarian uh, woman. Uh, where she's hung up on self-defense and figuring out 
what is the best approach here if he comes back? But he's locked up in an institution for 45 years or however fucking long. Now he's on the loose and he killed her daughter. Now she's just writing a book. She's comfortable right. now. It happened. The worst oh, yeah. is over. My daughter's dead. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Um, and then Michael is not the super-powered monster he once was. No. He's uh, just, uh, just a weak old man, which they make a point of uh, making several times. So uh, I don't know. But I actually didn't mind uh, the Laurie Strode character in this one because she's so normal and not overbearing and not the center of focus or anything like that. Um, she's just a kind of a typical older woman. I don't I just know. hate them, I guess. <laughs> I can't stand them, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I have a problem with them that I just discovered. Uh, yeah. yeah. The whole Strode family, though, like the, the, the real looming problem here is that I don't know why they just didn't ditch Haddonfield after the events of part two because uh, they really have no reason or anything that's tying them to there other than just, yeah, the tragedy of it all. Half the, half the town hates them anyway, so just like... Yeah move out i, I love like, how it got spun into she teased a mentally ill man until he snapped oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah hey didn't you t yeah until he stabbed my sister and her husband and the fact that she's in a wheelchair and can't speak and has a couple of stab wounds is they love bringing back clearly dead characters and say actually they lived it was will Patton, comb over cop and now it's yeah. Uh, the black prostitute from Borat survived. Yeah. Why couldn't it have been Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah, I guess they didn't want to pay him again. Uh, yeah, he did. He was too busy doing Clerks Three. Oh no! Oh yeah, he popped up in that. Oh. Yes, he did. He certainly did. So um, I don't know. Uh, listen, like I said, I you know I don't view this movie or the last movie really as like Halloween or Halloween proper. It's more Haddonfield. It's about the town. It becomes about all of the people in the town, the effect of Michael Myers. And so I think that they did something kind of interesting with that. But Blauergeist on Twitter probably phrased it best in that it's more like Francis Ford Coppola's Godfather trilogy in that you have the first part and the second part, and then this is the coda. There's not really... The third part is misleading. No, this is just the epilogue that's probably the best way to view it hans i can see from your face you certainly agree with that i know oh, yeah it's a no, very, it's, uh, very high uh, correct take to have how, how do you feel about that scene where uh where cory comes home smelling like women or woman i guess and then his mom is like you leave leave my house you leave now and then she like kisses him yeah and then he like storms out because of course you would. And then his dad is like, "Hope you find love." It's like, what? What are we? What am I watching? I was so confused. Yeah, uh, his mom is clearly one of those moms who uh, is first of all weird, but second uh, gets very possessive or jealous when there's like a girlfriend. Which I've had like friends who have had that kind of mom before, and that's always a weird thing. Um, and then you have his stepdad, who's like this very he kind of looks like William Peter Blatty if he was very overweight. Um, and he's a nice guy. He's the nicest guy in the whole movie. He protects Corey. He's, he takes a shotgun blast to the face to protect his stepson who's killed. I mean, that's really the big thing with all of these films is stepfathers are the best, right? So in the first movie, you have uh, what's Arnie from Pete and Pete talking about his penis at the dinner table. He's the best dad in the world. 
And then you have uh, Lonnie, played by the guy from, uh, God, what was it? Cachism, Cataclysm, which was a David Gordon Green produced movie. Oh, right. uh, and he, I mean, he wasn't a step, I think he was just a deadbeat dad, not a stepdad. And I think he got his son killed. So there you go. And then you have this guy whose name is not coming to mind. And he protected his son. He died protecting who he loved. Did he love him? Clearly. I mean, he, he got did. him the bike, right? I guess. Yeah. He employed yes. him, he got him the bike, and he was much better to him than his mother was. Yeah. yeah. Raised well, if, him. If there's something that I, I have to praise uh, David Gordon Green with this, or the four people that wrote it, so they did such a good job at just making everyone hateable so that when they die, you're like, okay. Thank you. Like it, the, that whole gang of of teenagers from the eighties that were just like very na 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 point finger who were like shit. seven years younger than Corey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they will beat him up every time. Uh, the, when they died, I was like, okay, it took you long enough to start killing these people, but it's satisfying to see them die because they're so obnoxious and annoying and just cartoony. Uh, so I'll I'll give him that. Uh, all of the deaths, I was always like, okay, all right. The, the radio guy, what was his name? I wrote it down. Uh, Willie the Kid. I'll be keeping it real. That guy, when he died, I was like, yeah, caught his tongue. Good, because he's annoying. That was a fuck. good death. Uh, yeah. uh, there was also a cameo from uh, Darcy, uh, Darcy yeah. of Joe yeah, Bob's was, Last Drive-In. Was uh, she apparently... Yes, yeah, she, she had a death scene, too, that got cut. You know, I really thought this radio tower was going to come in play much more than it did because i was listening to the halloween kills commentary which is a great listen because it's jamie lee curtis rattling on all of her old like foggy liberal talking points like this is so powerful for women and it's judy greer and david gordon green kind of like making fun of her because of it but she doesn't realize so like judy greer would, would be like on the set i remember i told uh, jamie lee curtis this scene is actually a metaphor for the feminist movement of the 60s and how women burned their bras and stuff. And uh, she was just baiting her, like she was bullshitting David Gordon. And she would say something, and David Gordon Green's like, yeah, and the sky looks so great in this shot, and the fence, you know, this was a digital, comp just completely ignoring whatever she just fucking said. Um, but he makes a point of saying, you know, there's a radio tower that is digitally inserted in Halloween Kills, and that is going to set up a great deal for Halloween ends. This radio tower is going to come back in play. And so I'm thinking there's going to be a silver shamrock component where there's like a radio wave that goes out and that's Michael's mask and he was there's something going on here. And it's, nope, that's just where Corey hangs out when he's sad. Yeah, I thought they were going to do something with that when he brought her upstairs and he was like, oh, he's just he did. at that. And you feel they like were cuddling and he, he what did like, they say? Yeah. I feel like it pulls me or it calls me or whatever. And then... Never mind. The he got uh, told uh, by the, I guess the only guy that works in that radio station, that this guy Willie, the kid, and then that's it. We don't hear from that radio tower anymore. Well, yeah, there's no radio host. He killed him. He ripped his fucking tongue out. The ear just kept revolving now, so that's how everybody. That's what they're all hearing at that point. Yeah. I yeah I so I had I was actually intrigued remembering uh back to that like oh how is this going to come into play and i think it might have opened with like a shot of i don't know but it doesn't really pan out in any sort of substantial manner as far as the plot goes it's just like his james dean moments take place on the roof of of the radio station and then he gets on his bike and then like a cool track from johnny goth is playing in the background and yeah you got Did nice they... bokeh 
Did they use the same footage for those two bike riding scenes? No, his outfit's different. Oh, okay. Okay. Because so. I feel it's kind of unnecessary to use two shots where they do the same. But It was very just... bound to the Kanye West music right. video. <laughs> yeah. Very confusing in the middle of everything that's happening. They <laughs> needed a third just... one. I think they needed a third one, personally. You know, I've seen people photoshopping Michael Myers on his back. That would have been real cute. You know, they could have played up the best friend element more, but it is more of a love story. Yeah, that's a Halloween ends. It's a love story. It's about love. And was it trauma? How did she say it? Trauma. Only... Like, almost trauma. like trying to say trauma, but like <laughs> it's trauma. I don't know. Like, as her boy, it just bleeds into that. So. I saw a clip the other day about her talking about how she replied to Kanye West's tweet. And she was like, I can't believe she said that. I just, I read that tweet and I immediately started crying. I was like, lady, <laughs> lady, <laughs> you need to. Jesus, I was, was, was going to say, all this is really telling now about Jamie Lee Curtis because uh, that one line delivery she has, which you can tell is probably a Danny McBride line that he probably wrote. But he's like, you got to get your tits out, honey. You got oh, yeah. to <laughs> settle for the right man and you tell him, you know, we're going to fucking do this. You know, she was so energetic to do that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the that was like the woman's liberation in the sixties. There you go. When she said that, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so this is like the most confusing way to end a franchise, I think. Um, and it only really does make sense if you view it in that way that Blower guy cited, which is as a coda, as an epilogue. This is not really the end. Halloween Kills was the end, and Michael won. This is just the fallout of that, and you get a little bit of lingering in the town after everybody's already moved away. All your friends have gone away to college a little bit early. You're still in the town for the summer, for August, and early September, and you're just hanging out. Well, what is that time going to be? It's Halloween ends. It's you falling in love and riding your motorbike and cutting the tongue out of the disc jockey up at the radio tower, at the radio <laughs> station. Uh, that's what this movie is. And so it's just kind of a vibe. It's just a hangout. And uh, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, like I said, no love lost for me as far as the Halloween series goes. So this movie, I accepted on its own terms. I accepted accept it as like a soft remake of Christine or something, or, or any of those movies of like the nerd gets empowered and suddenly becomes a bad guy. It fits right in line with all of those types of movies. Um, and as a Halloween film, I mean, look, we've had, we've had repeats of, of the Halloween movie that everyone has come to expect seven or eight times over to varying degrees, four, five, six. They're, they're all pretty much the same movie in terms of formula. Uh, H2O becomes a little bit of uh, Scream, and I know what you did last summer, and it fits with that whole 90s era. Uh, but it's still kind of the same, right? So for them to do something completely different and make it character-driven... I'm fine with that. And I like David Gordon Green. I like Danny McBride. So maybe I'm being more generous on it just because I, I like everything that they've done for the most part, except for their very Hollywood shit. But what do you guys think is next for this franchise? Because I was looking up the box office numbers. And mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I didn't know it was releasing theaters too. Because when I watched this, I got the, the Peacock thing at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So this is just Which, direct to streaming. By the way, I'll say the Peacock upload. I mean, I'm at my mother's house in Brockton. I've been here for two weeks. I watched Halloween Kills here as well. She has Peacock because she's got Comcast. Halloween Kills did not look that good when they uploaded it. Halloween Ends was a much cleaner transfer to Peacock. 
I think they might, I don't, I don't know why that is just something I observe, uh, observed here, but yes, it was released the same day as theaters. Hans. It made uh, 58 million on the first weekend. So I don't think they're 58 gonna million. That's what I read 41. Uh, it's hold on estimated 41 million in this debut debut weekend and another 17 million from international territories. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, um, because if it made this much money, apparently it cost like twenty million. It did. Million. Uh, so if it made its money back and then some, I can't imagine the studio letting it die or or letting this franchise just you know another ten, fifteen years before they make something else. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, anytime you see a budget, especially for like a movie with a, a notable IP, double it. Because that's the you, it doesn't account for the marketing budget, but right. still, it's made up the marketing budget. Um, people were, I think, because people are very mixed to negative on this movie, they were trying to cite it. The press was trying to cite it as more of a failure than it was, but it only made like five or six million less than Halloween Kills. I think Halloween yeah. Kills put people off a little bit, and it did hurt the box office on this one. But it's like you said, it's made its money back already. It's probably made back its marketing budget. And within the next two or three weeks, it's going to double or triple that. So it's going to be a success when all is said and done. However, Mustafa Akkad has the rights, and he just licenses it. He's a very smart businessman as far as that goes. And so he can bring it around to different people, and it will be very easy to pull the rights back from Blumhouse because they're now expired, they're done with it, and give it to Sony or somebody else who's willing to buy it and... Do some fucking trash Hulu movie with it. Some flat, some Michael boring Myers movie. in the MCU. Yeah, you'll you'll see a really, I think, cruddy, boring uh, sequel to come that's gonna honor the original or something. Uh, again, I was gonna mention I uh, I watched this on Dolby Cinema actually. I've been doing that with the last two as well, so I thought like, all right, I won't break tradition this time either. But did the uh, Peacock numbers do better than the theater? Um, Yes. Box office? Okay. I believe right. it did. Yeah, I think it was a massive hit on streaming. I don't know what the numbers are, but I read an article that said underperforms at the box office, again, even though it was only five or six million short, and it still premiered at number one at the box office, um, but did better on streaming. So uh, I don't know how they account for those numbers, or, or maybe it's like subscription numbers or something, uh, but that was a, a hit on Peacock. Well, the whole trilogy I'm reading up here. The first movie made 255 million. Yeah, the the first movie is like the all-time horror movie or all-time horror sequel or something, as far as box office goes. I think it might have trounced it. The second one did uh, 131 million, which is also great. Yeah, and this one's on its way, even though it's crazy how well these two movies have done for premiering the same day on Peacock. Yeah, you would expect that. You know, most people won't go see it in the theater because they can just watch it at home. But yeah, apparently Mexico, two and a half million dollars of just movie theaters. So they're that's the thing. They're raking in on on, you know, the the franchise uh, outside of the United States, too. So, yeah, well, we're probably that's the the worst part that we'll probably see what you just said. Just a, a very whatever bland movie or they'll try to make it into like a TV show, which I wouldn't mind. When you said that thing about Haddonfield, or, or I don't know if it was Jeremy who said it, about how this should have been a, a TV show about the 
how everyone else is affected instead of instead of just Lori. I said it. Don't credit oh, my ideas to okay. other people. How dare you, <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, that actually sounds like something I would be into uh, because the, the yep. thing that I disliked the most in this was the old characters, the Lori character, the granddaughter, and, and their relationship I could not give one fuck about. Mm-hmm. But if it was focused on how everyone else's lives were affected instead of the same people that we've seen all the time it would be a, an interesting watch i think in the right hands idle hands maybe <laughs> yeah i don't know they should do a series of that that's the new david gordon green reboot is idle hands um get devin Sawat, 50 Sorry. years old yeah the what is it the ah oh, fuck what is the movie when john travolta was like donkey kong yeah the, fin- oh, yeah. <laughs> the fanatics uh devin Sawa. Devlin, Devlin Sawa. I think you're. I think you're confusing some things there. Oh, uh, you got some limp biscuit. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Get that on the box. Uh, I think it would be great if they gave uh, Fred Durst the Halloween franchise, and just following in the footsteps of Rob Zombie, Fred Durst Halloween. Yeah, but he needs to have. Uh, what was his name in that movie? In the fanatic, uh, Moose. Moose, is the new Michael. <laughs> I mean, he was big enough, right? He could overpower people. No, was the character that uh, Devin saw up? It was uh, Hunter Dunbar or something like that. That was yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, awkward yeah. last name. <laughs> yeah, the the famous yeah. actor Hunter Dunbar. No, actually, Travolta does wear a Michael Myers mask in um, the Fanatic, doesn't he? Does he? I feel like that happened. I feel like that's Fred Durst trying to put it out in the universe that he wants to do a Halloween movie. I think he wore the full jumpsuit and everything. No, it was a Jason mask. It was a Jason. Oh, but did he wear the Michael outfit? Yeah, let me. The Dickies uh, janitor outfit? I think so. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a mesh. He didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, just do a movie of this. Why not? That'd be great. What else is Travolta up to? It's only a matter of time before he gets that Bruce Willis brain syndrome, right? <laughs> Would it really make that much he's, of a difference? He's got like <laughs> one one final comeback film in him, and then, yeah, he's going to turn into brain rot at that point. Mm. It's the Grease reboot. Isn't Olivia Newton-John dead? Yeah. Yeah, well, you oh. just replace her with someone CGI. young. Some young man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just put her face on someone's body. That's fine. Well, uh, all right. So, what what is the ultimate verdict here on Halloween ends? I mean, Jeremy, what 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 is your what is your final thoughts on on this film? I mean, honestly, it's it's a movie you just kind of gotta let let loose on a little bit and kind of let it take some of the reins and just kind of go along with both a mix of just hokiness, but also there's. There's some style, there's some panache, there's a lot of just David Gordon Green isms scattered throughout that kind of give it give uh Halloween a much more earthy quality while still playing in the over the top sort of realm of things, but it's it's a honestly, it's just like just take it for what it is. Don't don't take it too seriously and don't expect all of your your burning questions about the characters and and storyline and how jumbled it is and the mess that it is you know don't expect all those questions to be answered just kind of have have fun with it it's fine it's it's uh yeah it's it's it, you know the one thing i was thinking about actually like returning to this was that 
I would much rather a director take a risk like this that does not please next to nobody than to just do something that is very safe and very vanilla and very casual like every other horror movie that comes out now. So at least it's a little different. And I'm thinking we're going to start to see more movies do this kind of thing, too, where they don't really care about the Rotten Tomatoes uh, disarray. They don't care about what critics are saying or what audiences are saying. They are just they are coming at it from an artist's point of view. And I think David Gordon Green, uh, for the most part, does that well. So I hope you're right, because I'll tell you what, all of these horror movies that have gotten a 90 percent or an 80 percent or 70 percent um, are just so dull and they haven't been yeah. able to hold my attention. I've at least felt something about this movie where it was like maybe i wasn't happy with one component or i was really into another component or i had to like think about it and think about how i i just generally was taking the film um that cannot be said about any of the other movies i just thought this is so fucking boring this is so there's some horror fan that thinks they know how to perfect the i mean that's really the root issue with everything is uniformity uh people like clean cookie cutter expectations being met uh with all of their everything with all of their sorry i got a cat here who's just <laughs> very rambunctious um uh with their horror franchise with their franchises in general um and this did something a little bit different not what we were expecting i think people will come around to it in about 15 years halloween kills will be first up maybe although i see a lot of like literally me posts for the Corey character so maybe this will be first to the finish line as far as that goes uh yeah, certainly only, a very kino corner-esque appearance yeah, on this only, Corey fellow only he can say that yeah yeah and um i had a point i wanted to get at uh before that was lost on me. It was something you were saying though, Jeremy, right before you got into that. Also lean into that too. Like, I mean, just right down to the, the, the casting choices, like a lot of the extras in this, they look like real rugged middle American people, like people mm -hmm. that you just see day to day, like the, the butcher in, in the, uh, in the grocery store look like a very, very normal dude. Um, you don't see that in most of these, what I guess are quote unquote mainstream horror films especially when you got someone like universal back in it it's 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 very uncommon and like the, just those little qualities i think they stand out and people that respond to it well like they they notice it yeah and i i really like the the supporting cast that they would bring along for these movies as well because you would have people like stewart from mad tv or the bad guy from righteous gemstones season one or uh lenny clark you know all, all yeah. these like kind of obscure b-list c-list but not unfunny comedy people that are just thrown into the mix in the backgrounds and and let me ask you this jeremy uh, do you think that the reception of this movie would be as negative if it was not called halloween ends uh it could go both ways i think it would have been it would have gotten the same amount of reception or it would have gotten the same kind of response that Kills got, I think, if they were still hinting at another sequel. Uh, with it being called Ends, I think... You see, it's tough, because like I, I, even though this film lives up to that title, it's not, it doesn't own the Halloween franchise. They can keep making these movies. So it's just... yeah. If you watch it as this trilogy, um, it works, but... Uh, yeah, it, it might just take its time, I think. It, I think it, it, it will just have to take a few years to really warm up to people who 
um, want something a little bit different. Hmm. I guess. I, I gave you a bunch of different answers there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what you're trying to say is maybe. 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 Uh, I, I was doing a little completely unrelated. Well, kind of. Uh, a little, little digging because I was curious about what John Travolta was doing after he asked that. <laughs> um, the last couple of projects that I see here on IMDb, you got The Fanatic in 2019, and Die Hard, which was a Queeby show mm -hmm. with Kevin Hart that apparently uh, Bruce Willis turned down because he didn't understand the concept of Queeby, which is hilarious after knowing the news about him. And then after that, he did a Capital One ad. Uh, he did a, a... Is that on his IMDb, his yes. Capital One? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christmas ad, 2020, Capital One. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he, he, was, he was a Santa Claus. I remember that ad, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a, a Pitbull video that he appeared in uh, nice. in 2019. And then he's appearing on a Bruce Willis movie that I think we, we just manifested when we said that because it's a movie that started filming in 2021 where i think bruce willis willis was already kind of gone mm -hmm. uh and uh the poster definitely looks like they were not in the same anything oh no uh so this should be chuck russell directed that name sounds familiar but i don't chuck I don't russell did the blob ask. right yeah uh so and the scorpion king damn they cool. should have done like a an homage to the blob in that Halloween yeah. trilogy where yeah. Michael's body now that he's ground up is just going to continue to it's like a cancer cell it's just going to start growing and overtake the town that would be the way to go with part four. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say the blob starring Bruce Willis's brain oh. uh, but <laughs> but uh that's supposedly coming out this year rated R let me show you the it's got Steven Dorf Friend of the show, Stephen Dorff, in it too. So that 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 looks like it would be good. Look at this Paradise poster. City. He, damn, he looks like Pitbull in that poster, huh? <laughs> yeah, this cast, uh, Stephen Dorff. You got uh, that Native American guy that is Native American guy on Native American roles, and then just a bunch <laughs> of other people. You know, a bunch of other people. My big break. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is uh, so, gonna be it for Victor Gonzalez. So that's that's where his career is. Look how confused he looks there. He's like, who is this? Is that me? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if that Grease thing is going to happen because it doesn't seem like his career is, is going that way. Does he have way. anything in development? Wow, they really are. Right, you weren't making a joke. They did add the Capital no. One commercial to IMDb. No. Jesus. Um, so this is going to be their third or fourth movie together since you know you had Pulp Fiction, you had... Uh, look who's talking! Look, look who's talking to! Look who's talking now! And is now, Bruce in all of those, he's the voice of the baby. Ah, that's never, never seen that. Uh, and that American Metal just sounds like one of those uh, European movies that has just a bunch of people that used to be a a or b kevin dylan kevin dylan's been making the rounds a ton with bruce willis lately yeah that's sad it's this guy who looks familiar but i don't know because he was just from. in the last movie on the imdb for the last movie along with steven dorf oh was he yeah i think so Go and back. then this this guy kind of looks like vigo but you can't afford vigo uh, I, was, I was gonna he say the movie I was going to say this Robert Miano character, I, his, his face looks like it's starting to really shrivel up. He looks like one of those pumpkins at the start of Halloween ends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that Jigsaw? Yeah. 
he looks like like that actor yeah but uh yeah i don't i don't uh i don't i don't think that if they do that grease thing i don't think he's gonna have a big big role you know that grease movie that i just yeah that you made something you keep trying to make yeah. happen <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i don't know well, you know, you know what the the interesting thing about Greece is is that it came out around the same time as uh, Hotel for Dogs. Yeah, what's Hotel for Dogs? <laughs> isn't that isn't that a a remake that uh, a George Lopez was in where he played a <laughs> Chihuahua like ten years ago? Oh no, that was Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Never mind. That was Beverly Hills Chihuahua. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, you know, you know what's a good movie is the Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen. Can we look look at the poster real quick for the? And this is for the patreoncom slash res subscribers only to take a look at the Shaggy Dog poster. Is that where he has human eyes? I don't know. You're gonna have to pull it, it up to find on. out. It's, it's the audience. It's uh, pre Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. as well in that film. I think. Damn! Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he was doing Gothica. He was doing Ally McBeal around that time. So yeah. I guess the Shaggy Dog is not out of out of out of order. Jesus, um, creepy. Yeah. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> Damn. What if Michael Myers? What if the soul of Michael Myers got into the Shaggy Dog and you did a Cujo homage? Look at this. Fuck. Is that from the movie? <laughs> Damn. Oh my god. <laughs> I watched that film when it came out, too. I don't remember it looking wow. that scary. And the family just acts like that's normal, that the dog has eyes like that? <laughs> oh, God. The dog what about the shaggy, the shaggy <laughs> DA? See, that's from the 60s. The shaggy DA lets all of the murderers and rapists out of prison after 48 hours if they can't pay their bail. Wait, so the dog had regular eyes, but then when he, he became the dog, then that's when we get into these <laughs> How else would you know it's Tim yeah, Allen? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, is that a remake? Yeah, what? it's a remake. Uh, it was a 60s series, The Shaggy Dog and the Shaggy DA. See? But they would yeah. put glasses on the dog back then. Right. Which... Well, because you couldn't do this masterpiece of VFX where you insert <laughs> the human eyes on the dog. Yeah. He just looks like it's very high. That dog just looks. Oh God! Yeah, it's really uh, scary stuff. What what a what a damn shame! I would have seen that new Buzz Lightyear film if uh, they brought Tim Allen back for whatever reason. But no, nah, you got to cast a uh, bland white bread. Captain Chris Nick. Evans. Yeah, Chris they should have put Tim Allen's eyes on Buzz Lightyear too, but his <laughs> yeah. real eyes. Yeah. Wait, this is worse. This is. <laughs> shaggy dog. That is not real. That's that can't be real. That's not real, right? That might be real. Oh no. Nineteen eighty-seven. We... Oh no. Oh god. It's real. Well, that's cute. Uh, what about? All right, click click the image. So here's what they did. They got tired of working with a dog, and they gave the guy like a furry style face mask to wear, and they didn't even fill in the makeup around the eyes. He's just wearing it like a fucking creep. Uh, the Shaggy Dog series might be good for Civic TV. What is this, Hans? The Return of the Shaggy Dog. No, this is something else, Hans. You're on WhatsApp right now, exposing oh, your Everyone's messages. Seen my conversations, <laughs> great. Don't worry, they're in Spanish. Okay. Hold this on. is the second time you've done this too. I, I mean, I actually, this is nothing new because you were giving out the password on the Civic yeah. TV Twitch. I, I did all the time. You just not don't notice. You haven't done <laughs> it in a while. Yeah. Here it is. 
week. A super month of shaggy dog Sundays. Boy. Wilby Daniels is Fred McMurray's harebrained kid. My son happens to be a dog. In the classic Disney comedy, The Shaggy Dog. Actually, yeah. Then it's well, they got to bring that sound effect back. Boink, boink. Yeah. <laughs> the, what, is it the whistle? Yeah. Sly whistle. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! I wish I was alive. And well, I probably was alive. Sixties. <laughs> yep, that's right. You were just a boy. This is what your family used to watch. Oh, that's just repeating. Yeah, that's wow. Uh, Hairbrained. The Shaggy Dog Universe. That's uh, we're covering that on the next episode of movies. Uh, yep, that will be a retrospective. <laughs> How many Shaggy Dog films are there? So we know there's the, at least the. Shaggy Dog, Return of the Shaggy Dog, the Shaggy DA, the Shaggy Dog remake. It's a trilogy that came out. So the first one was the Shaggy Dog in 59. Then you got the Shaggy DA in 76. And then the return on 87, where the dog marries some, someone, apparently. Hold on. He takes her riding on a motorcycle and goes up to the radio tower. Let's take a look at this. The Shaggy. Oh. Yeah, oh. Chien Malgré Lou. The French the version. Controversial end of the trilogy. Disney has a really, uh, a real big thing for dogs. Like they tried one thing with the Aristocats and then they just gave up. They're like, yeah, just dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they should um, just do Song of the South. But two. Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this man. Is, this is um... actually. Kind of awesome. Tim Conway's in this. That's cool. great. Tim Conway's good. Is he? I like him. I, I think I, I thought he was funny when he was alive. All right. Um, do Do we have anything else to say about uh, the Halloween trilogy? Are you guys looking forward to maybe seeing? Uh, since the Munsters has been a success, maybe Rob Zombie puts an end to his trilogy. What? The Halloween trilogy. No. I no. hardly remember his uh, Halloween ad. I saw them once. Um, maybe I'll yeah. go back to the first one again, just out of curiosity one of these days. But yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to seal the deal with a third one. <laughs> he almost did. I think, you know, I think he was going to do the Adam Green thing where he wasn't going to direct it, but he was going to produce it. And they were going to have Scout Taylor Compton back yep. as the lead and do uh, Halloween 3 to put an end to the Michael Myers movies. I don't know. Uh, I thought the the remake he did was fine. Uh, I went back to... I remember not liking it when I first watched it back in 2006 or seven, And then uh, I watched it, I think, a year ago. And I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. Um, but Halloween 2, I think, is... Uh, it has some good ideas in it, some interesting ideas in it. I like the idea of Loomis being an opportunist, uh, you know, selling a salacious book. It felt very like O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it really came together. At least the last time I watched it, and it's been a while since I watched H2, Rob Zombie's H2. But yeah, didn't you love that, uh, short trend where, uh, posters and that, yeah, you know, like when Scream 4 comes out, Scraform or mm -hmm. fan, uh, the Fantastic Four, like Fan 4 Stick or something, <laughs> like they put the number <laughs> in the, in the title. I'll take that any day over just repeating the title. Like Halloween 2018 and Scream 2022 and Hellraiser. Yeah. Hellraiser again. That's what it should have been called. Hellraiser again. Again. Yeah. That would have been good. Do you, uh, 
Uh, I don't know. Do, 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 have you checked out anything else horror-related uh, lately as far as many of these reboots or sequels go, Jeremy? Um, I just... What have I watched? I, I, I think I mentioned to you uh, briefly, I did check out Barbarian, and I was not as thrilled with that like most general audiences were right uh, a little bit let down by uh the social commentary end of it and and uh no yeah 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 i mean it, no. it just it just bogs it down like i mean you had the first 45 minutes or so like it really leads you on to do something kind of great and then it just goes bizarre um i would say the only other thing i've watched recently was that film deadstream on shutter mm. oh right yeah um, how, how did that go that was the the weird off end effect uh opposite effect i guess of uh of barbarian where it's so over the top and so uh weirdly spirited in the the whole realm of people that like are, i guess i guess the, the the youtuber types that do these kind of stunts and uh, try to explode their views, even though they've got like a, a shrouded past or a history of doing something that's very uh, uh, evil, we'll just say, mm -hmm. um, and, and making fun of that. Uh, it does it way better in like the Evil Dead fun sense of things than Barbarian uh, ends up doing. And then the other one I watched actually just the other night was Dark Glasses, which is Dario Argento's new movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which took me by surprise. It's not a great film, but it actually felt very competent and less cheap than like his last five or so endeavors that I've seen where he uh, just like, it was so old in his ways and didn't quite get with the times. But this was the first turnaround where I was like, he, he's, he's making a comeback or at least he had somebody whisper in his ear, like yeah, do different thing with a shot, you know, come on. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was, I was pleased with that one. And I would recommend it to anybody that's going on a Giallo uh, spree this Halloween season. I'm going to check that out. I had it downloaded for a long period of time, but um, it's always difficult for whatever reason to stream a, a foreign picture that does not have the English language and then also have the subtitles on the screen. Chromecast doesn't really help with that that much. Um, so it's good that it's on Shutter. I'll, I'm going to give that a watch eventually. He's great in Vortex, the uh, yes, yep. Gaspar in the Way film, um, which maybe we'll cover on this show at, at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah I, that, that'll probably be the next up for me as far as uh, horror goes. And yeah, we did talk about Barbarian at length on your program, which we can plug right now, which is, Fle what, what is the official title? Are you going with Flea Pit After Hours or After Dark? Dude, I'm just going to go back to Flea Pit After Dark. It had a good <laughs> ring to it. If you're, yeah. if, if After Dark, uh, yeah, yeah. If it's fluctuating at the moment, I'm just going to go back to that title. Yes. And we got, we got into Takeout, which is uh, Sean Baker and Sh uh, Shin Ching Su film i think that's right um and a bunch of other movies and and sorts of things and people should check out that episode when it drops this episode will probably go up on patreon and we're recording this on october 18th it will also drop on the upcoming monday so that'll be i think the 24th and uh so it, will the episode be out by that point uh, I can try. I was thinking like I would lean it more into November, just given the theming of the of the show. But yeah, um, maybe maybe for for a, an exclusive live viewing, I might drop it just a little bit early. Uh, yeah, I'll give you deets on that later. But all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll figure that out uh, at a later time. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, do we have any final thoughts either on the Halloween franchise or movies themselves or um, or 
whatever as we close out the program. Well, you've all died tonight. Remake Shaggy Dog. Yeah. yeah. David Gordon <laughs> yeah. Green's Shaggy Dog, I think, should be on. Rob Zombie's Shaggy DA is the one I want to see. He's a cop. And he just shoots <laughs> people for no reason because he's a dog. Yeah. yeah that I, could I, be good. Yeah. Comb over cop one, two, three, <laughs> and four. Put them all back to back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think Halloween Ends is a fun watch, um, but if you're looking for a continuation of Halloween, I, I, you got to put that aside. Just get over it. There's fucking ten of these movies. You got ten movies to choose from. How about just this one? How about one with Corey? Hmm. How about a good Corey movie? That's all we. That's all we really needed, I think. And this movie succeeded at that. Hans. How long until you give it uh, the half a star to give it two stars on Letterboxd? <laughs> I guess when I watch it again, I'm in a better mood. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight. We're going to have you back uh, at another point, I'm certain of. And, uh, yeah, this has been our episode on Halloween Ends. Maybe we'll do a compendium release where we put out all three uh, episodes as one episode at some point. We'll see. Or maybe we'll just do a separate episode of retrospective on, on the trilogy uh, at a later date. But that has been Movies for this week. Thank you for listening.